Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. So last week, by God's grace, we were um, we just we are just continuing the series. Um, we are looking at um, the qualifications of those who will be laborers in His vineyard, and we have been examining the brethren who worked with Paul, who worked closely with Paul. And last week, we examined the life of uh, Epaphras. Um, this week, we want to just look at another, um, some other brethren. This time, a couple. I know you know them. Um, Aquila and Priscilla. We want to just look at their lives as far as scripture allows us to see. And then we'll discuss around it. And um, we are trusting the Holy Spirit to give us insight so that we can also um, have this testimony that these brethren had. Um, We are reading these things and studying it together so that um, we will learn from their lives and see how God can also give us that heart to serve the way they served God. Um, you know, we are not reading it because of Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla, they've gone. They've gone to to um to be with it, to be with it, to be with the Lord, sorry. And so we are learning from their lives. If Christ studies, some other people will be learning from your own life, how you work with God. In if the Holy Spirit will allow them to see it, so that we can also appreciate the truth in in having a testimony with God. Okay, so, um, Dom has already put us, that's the scripture I was going to read first, um, but maybe, let me, don't let me second guess you. Let's, let's look at um, the, the first scripture in um, in First, we will we will study this scripture. Don't don't worry. This one you've shared with us. We are going to look at it in Acts. But let's look at just establish a few things with um what Paul said. Look at Romans chapter sixteen. Romans sixteen, and if you are there, please can you read from verse three? Romans sixteen. From verse 3 to, to 5. Can somebody read for us? Romans 16, verse 3 to 5. Romans 16, 3 to 5. Yeah. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Ephenetus, yes, who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ. Hmm. Um, so let's use that, we'll read... We'll come back there. Let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 
Verse 19. Corinthians 19. 16. Verse 19. The churches of Asia sent greetings and best wishes. Aquila and Prisca, together with the, uh, with the church that meets in their house, send you their hearty greetings. Mm. Okay. So before we go to the story in Acts chapter 18, which Dom has kindly highlighted for us in the text box, what do we notice from what we've read in Acts, sorry, in um, Romans 16? Maybe we should go there. Let's discuss it. We we read Romans sixteen verse three. What what are what what can be said of Aquila and Priscilla? Um, let's just discuss it, please. I want to do less talking. Let's discuss. <laughs> they were tent makers, like Paul was. Yes. Well, well, we'll come to the. You know, we've not read Acts 18 yet. I know you're jumping ahead. <laughs> but it's good. We, honestly, we, we just wanted to spend more time looking at that because it's quite a long text to read. Um, but we just want to see, establish a few points about their lives. And then we'll dive into Acts 18 because that's where the meat is. I just thought we should look at... Uh, the what the Bible says in verse in Romans 16. Yes, they were Paul's. Okay. Your translation says helpers, isn't it? Which translation is that? King James. King James has said helpers. New King James says, Greet Pisera and Aquila, my fellow workers uh-huh. in Christ Jesus. Who risk their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So, in James says, "My helpers." That is very strong, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, the the man of God, Paul, needed helpers. Mm. No matter the great anointing he had, <laughs> he needed helpers. He needed people. But in verse four, you yes. know, there's yes. helpers and there's helpers. I okay. mean, basically, he says he'd laid down his life, but he said they did as well. Mm. So you know, to the level of laying down their lives, that's a bit more than your average helper, isn't it? I tell you. Yeah. In the way he's describing it, I mean, yes. they're not dead, so they didn't die in that sense. But yes. you know, he saw that they they went a lot more than the extra mile. Mm. Mm. Honestly, thank you so much. That's a very important point. They were not just oh, um, maybe Paul needed food to eat. They gave him food. Maybe Paul needed. He didn't stop at that. Mm-hmm. They risked their lives. Mm. Which is 
very, very crucial. For Paul, they raised their life for Paul. Yes. Lost. Which is, you know, it, it's, it's quite touching. I don't know how you guys see it. But husband and wife together as a team. And everywhere we we see the, the Bible mentions Priscilla Aquila. Priscilla Aquila. Dom, I know you are not married. But this is what you should be praying for from now, my brother. Yeah. That you will get teamed up by God's grace with somebody who your names will be together. Yeah. Dom and I don't know her name. Dom and or is there somebody we don't know of Dom? No, no, yeah, no. Okay. Let me let me, let me just bring one name out. Dom and Kate. Dom and Kate. <laughs> okay. Maybe some yes time if a Kate comes wrong, know that we've talked about it on the fourth of March two thousand and twenty three. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's something we need to pray for, honestly. Um, so Lichu has just just checked. You know, yes. you know these are foreign these are these are foreign names, right? Um, Priscilla and Aquila, and um, you're declaring they're a husband and wife. Is that what you're saying? They are husband and wife. Okay. Which yeah. one is male? Which one is female? Priscilla was the female. Female. I'm sure Priscilla is the female and Aquila is the uh, uh, husband. Yes. Yes, but, but Aquila is actually Latin name. So okay. it's Latin. So what does it mean? Let's yeah. go to the meaning. Eagle. That's what it means is eagle. Eagle. What does Priscilla mean? Means. And then, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because in, it, we well we can make some well, we can make some assumptions and we can be wrong and we can miss yeah. out on some things not knowing. Yes. Um. You know we we had an interesting conversation the other day where we were talking about the difficulty of pronouncing some of our international names, and the lady said, "My name's Jane. That's no problem to pronounce." He said, "Well, that might be if you're English speaking. It was so 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 um yes inappropriate." <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the, the thing is, what you've got to understand is, is that most of the biblical languages they're kind of like a completely foreign to us. <laughs> no, no. So if I got, yes, there's no, there's no J in either Hebrew or Greek. Actually, it says here Priscilla and Aquila were tent makers native yes. to Rome. Yes. After the persecution of the Jewish people under the Emperor Claudius, they made their way to Greece where they encountered the Apostle Paul and tutored the dynamic evangelist Apollos. Mm. So, so they we, are we, like Romans. Yes. We, we'll see their story in Acts chapter 2. So the first point we need to establish is they were co-workers with Paul. They worked together in the ministry. And the Bible said they were helpers, but they went beyond. They actually risked their lives. So it told it tells you where they they are at when it comes to their faith and for standing for the gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so important. 
that husband and wife teamed up to risk their life for the sake of the gospel. And, beloved brother, I know Paul is thanking them here. Hmm? But I hope you know that it's not ordinary thanks in a letter. It's not enough in that sense. The Lord has taken note of their service. The Lord has, has I'm not saying it's not good for Paul. It's very good for Paul to, to acknowledge what they've done. But the, the most important acknowledgement, which all of us should aim for in our service to God, is acknowledgement with the Lord. You know, for this to be written, and we are all reading it hundreds of years after, as a reference point, is a glorious thing. But some some people can can some people who are not very good at giving thanks mm. can use the excuse not to give thanks to brothers and sisters in the Lord because well you know you get all your recognition from God you don't yeah. need me to say what you've done but but yeah. Paul is definitely showing a, a different he's even he's even well he obviously gives the glory to God but he's also sharing the the acknowledgement of what he's done with. Yeah. With with these two, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, without them I couldn't have done it yeah. anyway, and and you know, no. so he he's being magnanimous, I suppose, in that as well. Not, yeah. you, know, to, you know, I'm sure he didn't take the glory from God either way, but that doesn't stop people doing it, does it? To you, yeah. But and, no, and you know, definitely. you have heard it, haven't you? You haven't said said, well, you know, you shouldn't need any recognition. You know, you you get you know, you get it from God, sort of thing. No, yeah. I I totally understand. That, you know, it's not an excuse. Um, the Bible talks about one of the signs of the last days, that people will be unthankful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we should not be unthankful. But at the same time, we should not go searching for thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't say, oh, we should not be unthankful. So how, how, have you not thanked me? Come on, you need to thank me. No, we don't go searching for it. But that doesn't mean we should now become, because the Bible doesn't encourage you to search for thanks. Doesn't mean I should not be thankful. I have, that is the nature of Christ. I need to be thankful. That is what Christ will do. So it's not an excuse. You've rightly hi- highlighted that um, so that God will help us and not, you know, we mustn't swing to the other extreme. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, you don't worry. Yes, let's not recognize God will do it. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that we should not um, appropriate thanks where needed. But it is not good for me now to start looking for recognition. I say, excuse me, wait, 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 wait. When we started this ministry, where were you? We were the founding fathers, and you are pushing us aside. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not right. You know, so God will help us to ensure this is an example of why we should give thanks. Mm-hmm. All us reading it, you know, and all of us are reading it now. Reminding us that do not be unthankful. Amen. Amen. Yes. So, should we go now to the meat of the matter? Let's go to uh, Acts of the apostles. Before you, before you do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Five, yes. verse 5, you know, uh, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. That's the point. Uh-huh. You know, you know, and um, 
Well, I don't know. Got anything to say about that? <laughs> Let's discuss. Um, what What do we think? Mm-hmm. The church in their house. You know, I was um, I was sharing with somebody just now about one of our, you know, one of the families that are not too far away from us, and you know how how all the children love the Lord. Mm. You, know, you know, and we've had quite a few families in the in 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 New Hope where you know, we've had that, which is which is so sad when you find families where all their ch- none of their children are, are following the Lord, you know, and things like that. It's um. But I also, you know, we also, it's easy for us to look at, at look at all those sad stories and, and not recognise, if you want to put it that way, acknowledge uh, the families that are the other way, that they are, they are, they have got a family that's following the Lord. And of course, it, it tells you in, uh, in Timothy or Titus about how, you know, it, there is a requirement for a, a leader, a church leader to have yes. his family following the Lord. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure what it means when they grow up, whether it's it's still required, yeah. uh, but certainly when they're you know um, still in the household, you mm. would you would expect them to. And we see lots of families succumbing to the ways of the world in their households, mm. um, which it's easier said than the, um, um, you know than sort of you know judgment. I'm not do, sort of doing that, but um, but you know uh, things like. Girlfriends and boyfriends staying over and what have you. I think what I can uh, comment on that is like children not coming to the church and parents are in there. And for me, as a mother, I have the responsibility to share the word of God to my kids. And also praying for them because to be honest, we share the word of God, we pray for our kids, but at the end of the day, it's not us who change their hearts, it's God. Mm-hmm. But that is my responsibility. Pray for them and, uh, you know, share the word of them. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I won't be comfortable sharing the word of God outside if knowing that members of my family are not saved. And mm-hmm. for instance, you know, they uh, they will die someday, and they have not known the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I I will have I will have this guilt feeling because I have not shared the word of God. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, as family, the priority is our family to share the word of God. We just need to share with that. Just need to pray for them, and I'm sure God will just touch their hearts. Mm-hmm. So, the other thing we should look at is when the Bible said. Greet the church in their house. So, house church. Mm -hmm. So that means they opened their home. They opened that home to the brethren. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, it's very, it's so crucial because in a generation where it is all about me, myself, my home, um, Energy cost has gone up, so we shouldn't uh, open the house too much. <laughs> you know, all that factors in. But you can see here that they opened, they, they, they saw their house as the brethren's house. So the Bible said they opened their home to the church. And that's how, and you can imagine how the church will meet there. You know, 
you, you can see, even when uh, naturally people will want to guard their own and say, well, let's just, but even the, you can imagine the inconvenience it can have in that sense. I'm using the inconvenience in quote. But you see, because they opened their house, they were able to, they were able to um, um, be helpful to the brethren. So I, I, I let me. I, I think I've shared this story with you before. Permit me to share it again. It was a. It was quite touching because it 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 taught me a lot of things. Um, I have an aunt who, um, the husband was just made a pastor in a local church. And when he was going to take up the responsibility, my aunt said, hang on, <laughs> I can't, I don't think you should do this. Because if you do it, that means my church, my house will become everybody's house as a pastor's wife. Um, there will no longer be enough privacy, a lot of stress, you'll be hosting people. And, you know, she was just talking about the stress, the stress, the stress about it. And then one day she went to visit um, my grandma and then her youngest boy walked off and got missing. So they started looking, you know, searching for, for, for him. And it was very stressful for her, of course, as you can imagine. And by God's grace, they found the boy and you know, somebody found the boy and took him to the police station. And by the time my aunt went to the police station and saw him, she was relieved. But immediately she just felt relieved that she had seen him. Well, immediately, it was as if the Holy Spirit whispered to her and said, <laughs> I thought you said you don't want stress. I thought you said you don't want stress. And for her, as she was reflecting on it, she was telling me, as she was reflecting on it, she just felt it was not right for her not to allow her husband um, take up that role as a pastor. So immediately after that encounter, it was, it was as if the Holy Spirit ministered to her. Immediately after that encounter, she went and told her husband, see, no problem. Let's do, you want to be, you are meant to be the pastor. I'm going to support you. And that was it. You know, so it's it's very it's very um, you can imagine when the church meets regularly in one place in somebody's house. There might be some inconveniences, but these brethren did not mind because it was the church. They had already risked their lives; they were risking their lives. So you know, as I study it, you might be thinking they are risking their life for the gospel. What is a house? not to open up that house for brethren to be able to come in. So, George, what do we think about burnt-out pastors, stories of where we hear that pastors spend too much time ministering to the flock and forget about their children or don't do what they... What, what, what do you... No, in, yeah. Yes, uh, maybe um, let not be the only one talking. Um, Funke, can you input into that, please? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, because all your children are wayward. You can't say anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching all over the place and your children are all wayward. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really, it's sad. I think yesterday we were talking about battle strategies, isn't it? That God gave to Joshua when they were going to to do this battle in, in AI. Yeah. When they were taking over, you know, um, they were instructed to split the army in half and, you know, create a kind of detour so that the their enemies would chase them. And then while the enemies have left the house, mm. Israelites would go in and overtake, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the picture of, um, yeah, a, a man of God, woman of God, parents, Christian parents who go about doing ministry and they neglect their home, the enemy will come in. He is an opportunist. You know, he takes any opportunity. And if the parents aren't there, you know, the children become become fair game. So really, it's very important for everyone, really, to, to bear this in mind. In fact, the, the level of importance, you know, is of, you know, of a stable home with good, God-fearing children is far more than a massive successful world ministry out there Mm. you know um and we've heard of many men of God who have you know given up the ministry or cut back drastically to go back and sort out their homes because you know their children needed attention so that is more important in God's eyes because whatever ministry anyone builds uh, uh, you know it, it gets pulled down when the family is not right, you know, it's not a good testimony. So it's almost like building a house of straw, you know, or, or wood. It just burns down. So, yeah, it's very, very important. Um, and sadly, it's like many people don't bear this in mind because we're still seeing it happen um, where, you know, children of ministers are just, we know it's still God that touches their heart, but there's like Nika was saying, there's, a responsibility of parents to ensure that their children are well fed before they go out, mm. you know, feeding other people. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. an example of the, uh, uh, what you would one, like uh, Rick Warren, his mm. son committed suicide. That's so sad. Because it is so sad because I'm sure uh both parents neglected their their families because they have quite big ministry because at the end of the day our priority is uh, our family our kids hmm. we don't... Yes, it is our responsibility to share the word of god but why not we start at home and then as family we can serve god we can share the word of god as family because uh when people will see uh, uh, a family that is always together serving God, people will notice that. And then that's the time you will be able to draw people's attention because uh, in our society now, you know, family are separated, isn't it? No mom, no dad. And you will see family as a whole now. Mm. That's why this is our foundation. Very important foundation is the family. Mm-hmm. I know I, I'm just hearing about recordings and uh, the son um, 
at times you might not we might not know the full circumstance of what has happened there um but the principle still remains that by we need to understand that um if if a family like what god has instructed in scriptures if a man cannot look after his household if a man cannot cater for his household how can he that was the that was the the understanding from scripture how can he now look after the household of god so ministry is very secondary the first thing the priority is your life, your work with God, and then the next priority is your family before ministry. In fact, when the family is in good state, spiritual health, ministry becomes another, in fact, it becomes a, a an automatic thing to enter into. But when the home is in disarray, I have no place. If I keep fighting with Funke, eh, and I keep, we are having trouble at home, and I come on here and say, brethren, let's look at Aquila and Priscilla. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I'll be a hypocrite. I will not be doing the right, and it's as if the enemy will be looking and say, hmm, Mr. Preacher, Aquila and Priscilla indeed. Keep talking. It will be empty words. It will not be, there will be no life in it because I'm actually a hypocrite. That's why it's so important to make sure there is no destructive fire in the house. You know, this illustration Funke gave about the enemy going behind, he will will divide his camp and distract you and make ministry big for you, then he will go behind and, and, affect, and affect you from the back. And before you know it, you have no, you have no, no leg to stand on. Yes, um, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this, you know, if a man doesn't work and pay for his children, then, you know, it's like a, he's worse than the... Infidel. The infidel, right? And I, I know... I know a few Christians, not many, that, um, that, that, should we say, prefer their work to their family life. Um, and, um, you know, use that as an excuse, really, to, to, to really, really, really focus on their job. But equally, the reason I raised it is a minister can do that as well, that they can enjoy their ministry so much and the status and the, and, and all those things that go to it, that it, that it, it supersedes their family responsibilities. Mm. Um, and, um, so, you know, where, where are you putting your trust anyway? And what message are you giving out to, to, to the thing? And, and of course, there are some other denominations or some other groups that say, Oh, don't go and get a degree. Don't go and do all this and don't do all that because the Lord's coming back soon or whatever, whatever they might say. It's, you know, it is a very difficult thing to do, isn't it? To walk that line without hearing God. Mm. And hearing God is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so crucial. Um, by God's grace, is I just I thank God that we are discussing this because there's nothing as good as 
ensuring that we keep the priority of spiritual health in the family at the forefront is so important. Uh, do you remember that story um, of David? How he went to fight with the, he wanted to fight with the Philistines. And is it in First Samuel? Do you remember? Is it First Samuel 28? If I'm, if I'm not wrong. He went, he wanted to fight with the Philistines. David always enjoyed a good fight. Instead of him <laughs> being a bit more precise. Yes. And that, 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 that day, the Philistines sent him back. They told him, see, you cannot fight with us, sorry, because we are trying to fight Israel and you are with us. You will turn around and be a saboteur. So they refused him fighting. Lo and behold, by the time they got back to their house, what happened? The Amalekites had raided their, their, their camp. They had catered, taking away their wives and children and took everything. You see the enemy gave him a wicked distraction. David went for a, he went and fought, he was going to go and fight a wrong battle. You want to go and fight Saul. And you are fighting the Philistines, you are going to be side by side with the Philistines to fight Saul. The enemy will say, ah, this is a lovely opportunity. Let's go and deal with his family. Let's go and deal with his home. You know, it was in that story, the Bible said the men wept. They were so bitter. All the men that went with David. They cried and cried until they did not have strength to cry again. Their whole family had been had been catered away, had been catered, um, taken away. You know, it's so it's so terrible. But thank God, God in His mercy brought deliverance in that story. So we, they they did ask whether they should run and overtake. Yes, them, and they, and and they, they and, went to yes. God first before they acted. Yes, yes. So the Lord, the Lord, we have help, uh, have mercy on us, so that this issue we do not, um, we do not misunderstand it, so that we can keep praying. And when we have opportunities to to talk to people and encourage them on issues like this, please let's lay out principles in Scripture. I remember I was sharing with a brother who was having problem with his wife. It was becoming a serious issue, and every time. I, you know, I encouraged him. I said, see, come, let's sort out this issue with your wife. Guess what the brother said? Say, ah, don't worry. There's, uh, I'm, I'm not bothered. I have a lot of things to do in church. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very busy with the Lord. And I'm saying, excuse me. Your first business is to sort out this issue. All needs to be well at home before you say you are serving in church. You know, so it's so, it's so important. We must not misplace that priority. Okay, so let's go to Acts and, and look at um, um, Aquila and Priscilla again, or Priscilla and Aquila. Somebody said I should not, I should not, I should not jumble the order because God, there's a reason why the Bible keeps writing uh, Priscilla and Aquila, Priscilla and Aquila. So let's go to Acts chapter 18. Acts 18. Um, can somebody read for us from verse 1 to verse um, to verse 3, first of all, and then we take it straight from verse 18. Is it 18? 
Yes, verse 18. So Acts chapter 18 from verse 1 to 3. And then another person will read it from verse 18 of the same chapter. Down to 26. Um, Okay, I'll read verse 1 to 3. Yes. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Okay. Uh, should I read verse 18? Yes, to 20, 26. Okay. Uh, Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Senkuri because of a vow he had taken they arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews when they asked him to spend more time with them he declined but as as he left he promised I will come back if it is God's will then he set sail from Ephesus when he landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the, the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and travelled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervour and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Mm. It's wonderful to read this story, honestly. Let's, Let's discuss. Um, what are the highlights? What are the pointers that God can help us to learn from here? Let's talk. Let's, there are some things I want to say, but please, like I said, <laughs> um, it's good for us to input, please. First of all, it's interesting that you said it's Priscilla and Aquila, but the first person that's mentioned here in verse one is Aquila, the man <laughs> of the house, the man <laughs> of the house. Yeah. Whatever yeah, so, that means. Yeah, that's, that's important. So it shows that it doesn't matter, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the order does not matter. I think that's, that's what I can see here. Mm-hmm. A Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla. So... I mean, historically, one of the other interesting things is it's amazing how many times the Jewish people have been thrown out of areas, mm-hmm. you know, cast out. We've done it in Britain as well. We did it before the before the um, the Civil War. They've been thrown out, but and so it's a, it's a well, it's just again it highlights the persecution of the Jews. 
Yes. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, but they have been persecuted yes. uh, throughout the world, throughout the world. But also, um, I hope we realize as well that um, we are the spiritual Jews, in a sense. And um, we can relate with this because all over the world, Christians are being persecuted. Um, even in places that we thought were established, you know, the society was more um, favorable or pro-Christian, even in that sense, you can see that genuine Christianity in itself is being frowned at again and again, generally in the world. So um, what the Jews experience physically, the church or Christians are also experiencing it in even in the UK, it's in a subtle form. Mm-hmm. You know, look at in the news, there's this lady who is um, vying to become the um, Scottish SNP leader, who is a Christian. And all she expressed was, <laughs> she was, oh, you know, just the, the simple um, statement or conviction about what marriage is. And whether a man should be having sex with a woman who is not married and having children, she made a stand at conviction on it. And the whole place became, oh, um, what do you mean by that? You know? So you can see, if that is not, it is persecution in a subtle way. Not very subtle. Not very subtle. Or not, yeah. Or not yeah. very subtle. But, but isn't, it, isn't it interesting that even... Even people like our good selves, it's amazing how we can get um we can we can we can get drawn into this fairness debate that we'll start <clears throat> defending things that we don't even believe in because it's unfair sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, you can get you know, uh yeah, basically you can you can start getting more concerned about the someone's right than the actual principle behind it. Mm. Yeah, and um, but what's also interesting, obviously, Scotland, Scottish National Party. Now, if it's the Scottish National Party, I mean, Scot Scotland has many, many Christians. Yeah, Presbyterians, whatever, you know, they have many, many Christians. Yet, as you said, there was complete uproar. Well, was there complete uproar, yeah. or was it a certain group that gave that impression that there yes. was complete uproar? And if you know, all it takes is for a good person to be quiet for for evil to succeed, mm. triumph, triumph. And again, we don't know who that real the, the person that's that's well, it's in the Bible, isn't it? Anyway, if we look hard enough, we'll find it there. So, you know, what what are we? What are we doing? I'm currently in a number of um, discussions with people that use different pronouns. Uh, to to try and understand what it is they expect me to do to relate to them yeah you know how am i supposed to relate to somebody who calls them they and them i mean i've no idea how am i <laughs> you know you know what's it meant to mean and so we're i'm getting the opportunity now to have discussions about this not not so that i can agree with them but so that i can understand how to talk with them Rather than argue with them, if you want to put it that way, you know, so we can have a true, true understanding what it is that they're looking for. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a crisis. It's a confusion. Yeah. yeah. 
but what is that confusion? What is that crisis that they really are? What is the issue? We we spoke to somebody today, yeah, who wants to come back to church, and she said her 17-year-old daughter has decided that she's gay. Why? You know, you know what's what really has gone on to do that? And, to, and are we going to, you know, spend the time to actually understand what it is that's that's behind this? What is that? What is it that they they're looking for? And we know they're looking for God. Everybody's looking for God. I don't believe in atheism, <laughs> that sort of thing. So you know, how what are what are we going to do to be able to you know what Paul you know Paul on Mars Hill doing a bit of a preach here now you know Paul's on Mar- Paul's on Mars Hill and he says this is the God you're looking for the unknown God this is the one and quite often it feels like um we're having to point the way for for Christians you know to the God that they that they think they found so yeah. anyway that was a bit of a preach but but I, I think we do need to to listen as well as stand on what we believe mm. So, Priscilla and Aquila, the Bible says that they, um, in verse 3, because he was of the same trade with them, they were tent makers. Paul stayed with them. You, you, you can see the disposition of this couple. They took in Paul who stayed with them and they worked together. So they were tent makers, so it was easy for them to work together. But far more than that, you can see what professional, this professional space, when you bring in um, faith in the professional space, it's it's a great help. That's what I'm trying to say. So... it's also yeah. like they were talking about bringing what you have, isn't it? I, I, I mean, I just read this again here now, and I always thought that, that Paul learned how to be a tent maker by being in their house. But it actually says he came with the skills. Yes. Yeah? It says that he came with the skills. Yeah. So somewhere somewhere along the line, he'd learned how to make tents. Yes. Now, you don't think that of your average Pharisee, do you? No. You don't imagine them making tents. I don't know where he picked up that skill or, mm. or actually used that skill. But the... Uh, but again, you know, whether it be a little pot of oil, yeah, and a little bit mm-hmm. of flour or whatever it is, you know, we we bring what we have to a situation in order to, and again, be all things to all men, to make that connection, to be able to, to come, you know, with people. I know it talks about in this case that he paid his way, which is one of the things he wanted to do. And a, yeah. a lot of ministries won't have full time, won't have paid ministers. Mm. The church I became a Christian through, they, they wouldn't pay the ministers there. They're expected to get a job because of these scriptures that Paul does here. Um, so it's amazing how we can turn turn a few scriptures into a doctrine. <laughs> so the other thing I noticed, I mean, I may be wrong on this, but honestly, I am kind of persuaded about it, is that Paul did not get married. He wasn't married, but he lived and worked with a married couple here. Some of the things he shared in his in his letters about marriage, for me, is so instructive that he might have seen how marriage was in this house. 
he might have seen how because he related with these people for for him to be working with them i don't think their marriage was out of bounds to paul i'm sure paul saw because he was never married himself but the things he wrote on marriage yes i agree the holy spirit must have revealed those things to him but you understand that there was a biblical model of marriage he too had seen in the life of Aquila and Priscilla, mm-hmm. which can be so instructive to us as well. He lived with this couple. He stayed with them. He 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 worked with them. It wasn't just, um, oh, hello, hello, hi, oh, we are working together. No, the, he saw husband and wife together and he was able to apply to write instructions to the church. And some of those instructions would have come out from what he has seen in this couple's life. So it's a it's an important point note, uh, important point to note there in how Aquila and Priscilla have contributed to the body and the instructions we are receiving, even in marriage. Now Let's go to that chapter, the last few verses down there. Um, In verse 24, the Bible says, A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an an eloquent man and mighty in scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord though he knew only the, the baptism of John. So, the Bible said, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla heard him. They took him. Better, which translation did you read, please? Eh? NIV. What did NIV say? Um, in, in that the- verse 25. 25. Um, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and yes. taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. Okay, verse 26, please, again. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Do you see? I don't know what you see there. Let me just highlight it. Do you see that they brought... Apollos into their home, home again. <laughs> it was as if, oh, it's so, it's so, it's so instructive to me. It looks to me that, you know, they, they inv- they, the home for them, their home setting was the platform for ministry, mm-hmm. platform mm-hmm. for the church, mm-hmm. platform for, for, for Paul to be part of. And we see here again, the Bible said they took Apollos. My translation said he taught the way of the Lord accurately in verse 25. And in verse 26, the Bible said they took him aside and explained the way of the Lord more accurately. So here was a brother who was already preaching accurately. But he needed to be more accurate. And what did God do? God posted or brought along Aquila and Priscilla to sharpen him 
even more to make his to make his understanding and his preaching even more accurate so that when the brethren heard him in Corinth, you know, this was in Ephesus. He, um, Apollos came to Ephesus where they were. But remember, he also went and spoke because they knew Apollos in Corinth as well, in the Corinthian church. Do you remember? In the Corinthian church, they divide, when, how, are you, how we know that Apollos had preached there was that the brethren were dividing along the ministers or the servants of God. Do you remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where, the, where Paul said, some of you say, I'm for Peter, I'm for Apollos, I'm for Paul. You know, Apollos had a ministry there too. But can you see the ministry? Do you see the service unto God? This couple, Aquila and Priscilla, provided in the life of Apollos. So when you see Apollos preaching with fire, eh? preaching and people's hearts are melting. You know, the Bible said he spoke with passion. Aquila and Priscilla had their inputs into his life. They were not preachers on the stage. They were not preachers that people knew. But they did their own ministry from the home, from the back. Oh, I pray that God will help us. That it's not, it's not first of all about the, the front, the forefront. It's not first of all about open, let everybody see you. No. But Aquila and Priscilla, they just heard this brother preach. And they invited him home. They said, come and have lunch with us. Maybe. I'm just, I'm just putting some reality facts. Come and have lunch with us. What you said was very interesting. But do you know, this is the more accurate way. And it was so encouraging. Look at the scripture. They, they taught him, they showed him the way more accurately. And in verse 27, when he desired to cross to Achia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Do you see the effect of Aquila and Priscilla in this preacher's life? I thought it should be the other way. I thought Aquila, sorry, I thought Apollos should be preaching to Aquila and Priscilla. Is it not the preacher? Is it not the man of God who is, who is preaching passionately? He was not afraid. He went to the, to the synagogue and he challenged the Jews. I thought he was the one that should be doing the preaching to Aquila and Priscilla. But brethren, it was the other way. And you see the effect in verse 27 and verse 28. The Bible said, he vigorously, in verse 27, he helped the brethren. He helped them so much. And we now saw in verse 28, he was not even scared. He didn't care whether they killed him or not. (laughs) 
it, you know, the Jews, they could have been very brutal in those days. They don't, they don't joke around. Once you are talking about the gospel and it, it's not according to the law of Moses for them that don't believe. Sorry. But you saw how Apollos, it did. so even the, the, the desire to lay down the, your life for the sake of the gospel, he was ready to do it. Maybe even if he had that desire to do it, Aquila and Priscilla would have added more fire to it and said, don't worry, we too are ready to die for this gospel. We risk our lives. You too, you don't have an option. The way you are going, we are seeing that the grace of God is upon your life. Go on. But also, also they obviously have a reputation. You know, Aquila and Priscilla have a, a godly reputation, um, but they chose not to expound it in the synagogue and tell him where he was could have been better or could have improved or whatever it is in front of everybody uh, and he, he was obviously ready to receive instruction from them which uh, and, and I do agree with you that it was probably the way their household operated that that made that you know possible as well because it says that they sent a letter to the people to accept in him so you know, if I sent a letter to Rome, I don't think it would make a lot of difference. <laughs> you know, if you see what I mean. So, so they obviously knew that they had a, a known reputation, mm. and that that letter would be would be received and and would support support him. But it is interesting what you said about the fact that you know, as Paul as Paul says in the, in those other ones, that they had already shown themselves willing to to put their lives at stake for the gospel. So. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't empty words, was it? It wasn't empty words that they were doing. Mm. Amen. Amen. It's just wonderful, you know. They they showed him the way more accurately. So, who am I not to desire more accurate understanding of the Word of God? Who am I to say I'm a preacher already? You know, when I preach, people, people, <laughs> people, people listen. Who am I to say that? Look at how. Apollos humbled himself and said, ah, I need to learn more. I need to be sharper. I need to do it more accurately and more accurately. Who am I? So does it, does it infer that um, they also, um, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit? At that that, point that's, that's, that's another aspect of it. Because you see, you know, the Bible said he only knew the baptism of John. So there is nothing wrong. I don't see it out of the limit of Aquila and Priscilla to share with him the place of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not out of place. Maybe that was what happened and his, his utterance became so sharp. He started preaching with a different tongue because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in his life now. It's what happened to Peter and the other 150 in the room. So honestly, you know, the Bible is making us to understand that he spoke boldly, he was already bold, but he had to know the way of God more accurately. And excuse me, it's not, you don't do it just like that. You, You need the ministry of the Holy Spirit upon your life. It's not just, oh, zeal, and you need the ministry of the Holy Spirit walking through you, even in that context. And in, in 28 there, it talks about how he um, publicly showing by the scriptures 
that Jesus was Christ and, you know, having a knowledge and the ability to handle the scriptures. Mm. So, so that's a lesson for us too. Mm-hmm. We need to know the scriptures. We need to understand, like Jesus said, he told the Pharisees, uh, uh, this is the scribes now, when they were asking him, no, sorry, the Sadducees, it was the Sadducees, when they were asking him about resurrection, <laughs> Jesus said, you know not the scriptures, nor the power of God. Scriptures, understanding the word of God, is synonymous with knowing the power of God. He said, you know not the scriptures, nor the power of God. So it's so crucial that we, we, we are students, always students of the scriptures. We attended a retreat today, and a brother was sharing with us. It was so encouraging. He was talking about the field and the grass. He said, all the scriptures we know, he was just inferring, all the scriptures we know is like the field. But every time you go to those scriptures, you you have a fresh understanding today. You eat the grass in that field. By the time you come back, what happens? You get fresh grass in the field, in the same field, not a different field. The same field, but this time with fresh grass. That's the word of God. He was just giving that analogy. That the word of God will keep producing fresh grass all the time. All we need to do is keep coming to it. You might eat of the grass today. By the time you come tomorrow, fresh grass has grown. Fresh understanding. Fresh insight into the word of God comes for you to take part of it again. And then you go and come back, you know. That's why nobody graduates from it. As long as you are desiring the fresh grass or the fresh word of God, the Lord, as long as we desire it, God will give us um, more understanding into it. So I I I think I'll stop here. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m., 